Welcome to the Adult Puberty Podcast. I don't know about you, but navigating life as an adult can be just as uncertain, exciting, and full of growing pains as adolescence was. This podcast is all about self-development and growth in the areas of physical health, emotional stability, and spiritual maturity. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to another episode of Adult Puberty. All right, y'all, so today's episode is brought to you by God. (laughs) I I laugh, but so straight up, I had a completely different um, topic that I was going to speak on, but uh, as you know, you would have it. I was spending time with the Lord the other day. And as he was dealing with me on some things and showing me some things, it just kind of was put on my heart that, you know, the next podcast is I needed to share this. So um, first of all, for those who may be new, um, I am not a pastor. I am not a saint. And this is not a sermon. I'm just a regular schmegular person that's uh, working out their own salvation and, you know, decided to to share what, what God showed me in his word the other day. And so, you know, for whoever this is for, um, you know, if it resonates, uh, awesome. You were supposed to hear it. If, if it doesn't, then uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't. All right. So I was reading. So first of all, this this is called um, the S word and and God's holiness. <laughs> so um, the S word. First, let me just read the scripture, right? So it started off with Isaiah sixty five, and I'm going to read verses one through five, and then skip over to like a portion of twelve. So it says, "The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me." I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that did not call on my name. All day long, I opened my arms to a rebellious people, but they followed their own evil paths and their own crooked schemes. All day long, they insult me to my face by worshiping idols in their sacred gardens. They burn incense on pagan altars. At night, they go out among the graves, worshiping the dead. They eat the flesh of pigs and make stews with other forbidden foods. Yet they say to each other, don't come too close or you will defile me. I am holier than you. These people are a stench in my nostrils, an acrid smell that never goes away. And then I'm going to just jump over to uh, 65, a portion of verse 12. It says, when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. You deliberately sinned before my very eyes and chose to do what you know I despise. I was just like all kinds of like, yep, you know, uh, when I read the word, you know, I get shut up a lot um, and I get convicted. So the S word is sin, right? And the reason why, you know, I I put, you know, the S word, because, you know, you know what I, I observed and I find interesting is that when you say the word sin, it's almost like a bad word in our world, right? Yet 
I say, we say, some of us say so much foul stuff and use all types of foul language. And that's accepted and sometimes even encouraged. But one word, sin, sometimes evokes anger in people, defensiveness, or just straight up eye rolls, right? And like, don't don't get me wrong. I've been, you know, reading a word for like 20 years. And even when I see it, I still feel some type of way just because, you know, it's conviction, right? So a good thing. But, you know, the one thing that I, I want to point out, there's there's a lot in this scripture. I mean, just for the fact that, you know, God is ready to respond. And, and sometimes we don't even ask him for help, you know, like he's there. He's always there. And so that's just one point. Um, but really what I want to focus on is that it says that these people are a stench in my nostrils, an acrid smell that never goes away. Right. And it was because of the sin. Right. You know, God talked about how they deliberately sinned before his eyes and chose to do the things that they know that he despised. And, and that's, you know, raise my hand. That's me. And it was a stench in his nostrils. I think that's the thing that just kind of blew me away because like a stench like you know how like you got something stank in the refrigerator that you forgot about and you but you don't know that it's in the refrigerator you think it's the trash sometimes I think it's my dog like and you like it stink like what is that you know what I mean like it's just so stank and I know how that makes me feel and like I'm on a hunt to find out what the stank smell is so that I can get rid of it The fact that my sin is a stench to God, you know, thank God for Christ, right? That Christ came uh, to forgive our sins and, and he basic, not basically Christ, you know, is the gap between me and God, right? And, and it is only because of what Christ has done and his righteousness that, you know, I'm even forgiven and, and saved. However, sin is still and will always be a very real part of my life until, you know, I die. You know, it's a part of, you know, working out your salvation. But the fact that I like I don't want to be a stench, like I don't want to be a stench to God. Like I do stuff like I could give you a list of things that I just did in the last week. Right. That I know that God is, is you know, that he despises. Um, so please don't hear me say I'm holier now. Like I said, I, I am just a regular schmegular person who is trying to work out their salvation and who's just being straight up honest about, you know, what this walk is for me sometimes. But what it brought up though, is it's a stench to God. My sin is a stench to him because he is holy. You know, what does it mean when, you know, when you say God is holy, like there are, you know, you can find probably several definitions, but um, simply it means that, you know, holiness is he is set apart. He is perfect. He is different. He is unique. He is rare. Um, he is absolutely morally perfect. Right. He has an infinite value. Um, there is no other like him. And so, you know, because of that, that makes sense of why, you know, the things that I do are a stench to him. Right. Why sin? Why he was so upset with the Israelites? Because they was just wilding out. But, you know, I think about this, right? Like in our world, we cherish rare things, right? You know, vintage is a whole thing. You know, somebody may even like, 
you know, talk about how they got like one of something that's only like 15 that only exist in the world. You know, why? Why do why do we do these things? Because these things are rare. They're different, you know, from the ordinary. But nothing is as rare and different and unique as God. And yet many of us rarely acknowledge his holiness. Right. It's not even a thought. Leviticus 19 two says, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God am holy. Like he is holy. Right. And that's just the, <laughs> that's just the reminder, you know, for myself and, and for whoever is supposed to, to hear this. Right. That everything that I do matters to God and nothing goes unseen, you know, and. He's not, you know, although he is a beyond gracious and and loving God, right? Like, you know, God is not just, you know, some floaty being, you know, in the sky who, you know, is just waiting to give me everything that I want. And it's just okay with the fact that I don't seek him or talk to him or even acknowledge his holiness, you know, like, uh, but a relationship is what he wants with all of us. That's more important than than anything. And so to just sit up here and, and be like, oh, you know, I, I don't I talk to God when I can. And but, yo, as soon as something hit the fan, I'm going to him or as soon as I want something, I'm going to him. You know, it, it's really about cultivating a relationship with him, like a real one. You know, like I would cultivate a relationship that, you know, with somebody that, you know, I love. Same thing. And it's just, that was it. It was just a reminder to me, you know, that the things that I do matter, I don't want to be a stench and that it matters. Why sin is such a big deal is because God is holy. There is none like him. He is the only one who is good. And you think about it, you know, we say to each other, oh, it's a good person. You're good. Like, I'm not a good person. Like, I'm not. None of us are good. The only one who is good is God. And when you think about that, you know, sometimes I'll read stuff and it's like, man, something that hit home hard, like, mm. but he can require that because he is holy, because he is good, because he is perfect, because he is love, you know, and it's just, I don't know, that was it, man. You know, God is holy, sin is real. And, you know, I'll say this too. I'll just share, share this little bit about my background and, and my, my, my faith or whatever, like, right. So I did not grow up in a very religious family. Um, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to 12th grade, not by choice. I begged to go to public school, but whatever. Um, and as part of, you know, school, we had to do mass, right? So I did all the stuff, sit, stand, sit, stand, kneel, say the stuff, right? If you went to Catholic school or went to a Catholic church or go to a Catholic church, you know what I mean? You know, I did the stuff, right? But for me, even at a young age, it was nothing more than a choreographed, you know, dance that was void of God. And I didn't know that. I just knew that it wasn't for me, right? And so my grandmother, however, went to a Baptist church. And she started taking me to church. I don't know, maybe when I was like six, I don't know, seven or whatever. So I used to not like it, to put it nicely, right? I would get in trouble. I would be fidgety, right? Like, I just, I didn't like it. But even though I didn't like it and I was fidgety and I was getting in trouble, I sat there and I still heard things. I still heard about Christ. I still heard about God, right? Right. 
And, you know, Romans 10, 17 talks about, you know, faith comes from hearing and that is hearing the good news about Christ. I didn't read the Bible, right? Nobody in my family talked about the importance of God or prayer or, you know, we prayed before like Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, but that, that was it. So (laughs) that, that was I didn't have like this, like, oh, you, you know, you got to believe this and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I heard the message about Christ and at my most innocent and pure state of life, you know, as a child, I believed and that was it. I just believed it. And, you know, like I said, I didn't read the Bible, right? I didn't have conversations with anybody about it, but I began to just talk to God at night, you know, about everything stuff I was worried about something I was scared about at school or whatever was going on in my little six to seven year old little life right I would pray and talk to God didn't know prayer to talk to God about it and I just I felt his presence it was like real like you couldn't tell me otherwise I didn't even feel the need to like talk to my mom about it because it was just like yo yo God is for real and I remember like somebody told me like if you wish on a star the first star you see um you know make a wish you'll you'll get the wish so every time I saw a star I would wish for a dog we always had dogs but none of them were mine I constantly asked for them and they was always no for whatever reason so I decided to wish on this star and you know God in his love understanding that I didn't know right what I was saying but you know cultivating a relationship with us God got me a dog and I mean legit this dude old man down street out the blue was like yo y'all want a puppy and I'm like yeah like legit and then that was my dog right and so I'm not I'm not saying it's about getting stuff right but I just little did I know that my little faith was being built right and I even noticed at a young age that when I didn't talk to him I just didn't feel right. Like I felt a void. Right. And I knew when I did talk to God in my little bunk bed, I just felt so much better. You know what I mean? Of course, time goes on. I go through puberty, high school. I am turning up me and Tanya out in them streets. And I started to grow apart from God. Like it wasn't, you know, I wasn't as um, invested in our relationship. You know, of course, go through college, blah, 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 blah you know, still believed in God, but I was just doing my thing, right? Fast forward to age 21, my great grandmother died, right? And so I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household with my mom, my grandmother, and my great grandmother, right? So, you know, generations. And she passed away. And it was, you know, so painful, because it was the first person that I lost in my life that meant so much to me, right? And so that's ultimately what um, led me back to God. And ever since then, you know, it's been a journey, right? I can't say that I've just been, oh yeah, nonstop. But, you know, the same God that I felt when I was seven talking to him in, you know, my bunk bed (laughs) and wishing on a star is legit the same God that I feel today like it's literally no difference it is the same God and so I just I thank him for you know his presence uh, throughout my life and for his patience you know when I choose you know other things over him 
which is, you know, been often in my life and even today. But I know that there is no other way and no other place that I would rather be um, than with him, even with, you know, the struggles, sorry, that I go through. And so I don't know, y'all, that that was just uh, what I was supposed to share today. So, uh, all right, friends, thanks for sharing your time and the space with me today. I hope you heard something in today's episode that made a difference in some way to your own personal journey through adult puberty. Until next time.